Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. She's the National Director of Narrative and Media at UndocuBlack Network. Let me welcome Yoliswa Sele. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hi. Having us. Thanks for coming through. First of all, you pronounce your name because I want to do it correctly. Yeah. Yoliswa Tele, but Yoliswa Tele in the American space. Tele. Where are you from originally? South Africa. Okay. All right. You're Kosa? I know you got to click. No, (laughs) no, I'm not. I'm not Kosa. I'm Zulu. Okay. All right. Listen, you do Kosa. Do it. Kosa. Gosh, man. You know, black people suck their teeth all the time. And that's so Mm -hmm. African, right? And we yep, don't even indigenous. know why we do that, right? We just, we, we will do that in a minute. And it is part of how you speak different words. And it's yes. ah, so beautiful. Okay. So <laughs> there are close to 600,000 black undocumented people in this country who are African Caribbean and Latino, Latino. That's what I'm going to call them. Latino. <laughs> yes. But we focus on Central and South America. We focus on the, the wall, building a wall, in Mexico. And we, you know, those people are coming, they're stealing the jobs. But yes. these folk are really suffering um, even more. Talk a little bit about this problem. Yes. So um, essentially, that is why Undocu Black exists. Um, it's to uplift the fact that Black immigrants exist um, because of the erasure of our existence in the in the mainstream conversation on immigration, um, as well as previously until you know, organizations that uh, that serve Black immigrants really push their way through, even in the immigration movement. Um, there's have there's had to be this push and fight to create space um, for Black immigrants. And so, yeah, there are thousands of Black immigrants in this country. And as with every single, as with the white supremacist system, it's consistent. So as much as there can be a more significant number of, of of immigrants coming from Mexico and Central America and otherwise, the brunt um, of the oppression will always uh, fall harder on the black black population. Um, exemplified simply by just just on Black History Month, um, whereas on Docu Black we had to fight and have a truck driving around downtown DC and the White House saying, um, you know, unchain black mothers, um, unchain. Black children because hundreds of, of Haitian immigrants were being deported every other day, including pregnant women and toddlers. Um, and so, and not too far after that, there was the unveiling um, of Cameroonian women and other West African women um, being forcefully sterilized and being given hysterectomies um, while in ICE detention. Um, and so we see all those historical consistencies that you can find throughout the world, the globe, um, the slavery system in America of the abuses that happen to black bodies and black people. Um, and even in the border conversation, there are so many and hundreds of, of, of African and, and Haitian and Caribbean black immigrants at the border that also go unspoken about, unheard about, left behind, and while in Mexico are experiencing um, racism, oppression, and abuse 
simply by being there, simply by being black, although we're all immigrants, but if you're black, as we all know how it goes, but if you're black, you're still considered, you're still othered. Um, and so that's why we have this, 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 uh, this campaign and the saying that we say that immigration is a black issue. Um, and it's often a really great conversation starter, but it is to say that within the immigration space we exist, but also the fact that it is a black issue because as we know, so long as you're navigating the world and in the space in a black body, um, you touch one, you touch us all. And so that, um, you know, folks who are black within this country born and otherwise should have a certain level of interest in what's going on with immigration because they have their people in that space who are being inflicted with the exact same things. We are being racially profiled. Our bonds are higher than every other immigration group by thousands of dollars. Um, and I'll pause there and we can. No, I mean, as you're talking though, there's, there's a tale of two, two uh, peoples. Uh, Yuliswa Shelle is here um, and she's with Undocu Black Network. She is the uh, National Director of Narrative and Media. But so, so I hear this and, and it's part of the, the problem. Everybody in this country immigrated here or were brought here in the holes of ships, right? The only people that were here first were the indigenous people. And yet, and still, folk want to build a wall to keep people out, even though you came in through a thing. So there, even among <laughs> black people, there's this thought that somehow your coming here is diminishing my existence here. So mm. you may find your most virulent opposition from black people, which is why I think we need to have this conversation. Um, yes. So so there's that. Uh, also, before we get into that, Yolisa, how did why did you come here? Tell tell us your story, um, and why are you involved in Undocu Black Network? Yes, so for for me, um, I'm from South Africa. Um, my family migrated here um, at the tail end of apartheid, um, when it wasn't sure whether or not civil war was about to break loose. Where um, the white folks who had really, you know, benefited from the system were now shook and worried that we were going to do to them what they did to us um, when we're fleeing, uh, you know, with that privilege of being able to free Black to Holland and England and even here. Um, and so my family came here um, during that time in the very, very early 90s. And I've been here ever since. Um, and so I've been here my whole life, uh, aside from the three years uh, of being in South Africa, but the majority and bulk of my growing up has been in, in this country here. Um, and for a very long time, whenever immigration was spoken about, um, I also found myself not feeling like it was my story, not feeling a part of it because it was so structured um, around a certain population of folks and it never reflected really black folks um, and often really wanted that, that kinship of being able to talk with other black immigrants who you know have grown up here and in the system but have that duality right of having um where are you from and where are you from from um so if someone asks me, where are you from oh i'm from new york where are you from but i'm south african like first and foremost i'm south african but i'm also a new yorker and so um undocu black was uh, established right after um the freddie gray incident um and it was established based on that and it, it's similar to the past summer. So the tale of, of, of two sides of the coin in terms of blackness is that I have spent most of my life um, out in the streets, you know, protesting when it's time to protest, 
um, fist up when it's time to be fist up. But the problem that happens then um, with people like me is that when the police come, if you were born here and I'm not, and they take us both, you're gonna be, you know, um, you know, booked and all that jazz. I'm gonna be booked and then I'm gonna be sent home with nothing and sent back to South Africa with nothing to start back from zero. Um, and so those have always been like the, that road where we're both black and we're navigating the space the same, but my life has a lot of risk. We're experiencing you, you, you have yes, so much more at stake. So much more. Constantly. Yes. Constantly. So, yes. so you're, you're still undocumented. No, I'm, I have a DACA. I'm undocumented. Okay. So it's, okay. it's that uh, bandaid uh, status where, you know, if a judge decides, nope, then we're all like, Oh no. And then another judge says yes. And then we're like, okay, it's okay for now. So one of those. Can we talk about that? Because in yes. 2020, the Supreme Court set, set up, upheld DACA. So yeah. it, is, it is federal law. But we just had this judge in Texas, probably one of 45's appointees, who mm-hmm. said it's unconstitutional. So we have something that is federal law, but because judges answer to no one, this judge did something that goes against the federal law from our SCOTUS. And so now everybody's up in the air and every state can use that case and do what they want to do. And the only recourse people have is that they can get up to the Supreme Court to get that overturned. And getting cert in the Supreme Court is damn near impossible. Correct. Yep. It's exactly that. It's a, it's a roller coaster. It's a system that doesn't make any logical, practical sense. Um, and so that's part of the reason why now it's such a crucial moment um, and we've been resisting and been fighting. And now we have a pathway to citizenship in the reconciliation package going on for building back um, America. And our, our stance has been saying that you cannot build back better without immigrants. Um, where immigrants, we were all frontline workers. There were tens and thousands of DACA mented frontline workers who were saving lives and doing the most. and and making sure the country was staying afloat and, and, and moving forward um, and categorized as essential workers, just like farmers as well. And, and now, you know, after all of that, you're then back to, oh, by the way, um, I can lose status and my life can be turned back upside down. And so that's why now we're putting that pressure um, on the Democratic Party and the Biden administration to say, uh, the leadership that just says I'm better than the, the last guy is not good enough. Um, now it comes to that point where it's time for bold leadership, because we saw from the past administration on all fronts of any kind of human rights and social justice, we saw the very consistent and determined and bold and unapologetic attacks on every single front, reproductive rights, racial justice, immigration rights, you name it. And so now coming in and just simply saying, oh, we're not them though, is not gonna be good enough. We're gonna need, if you say that you're for the people and you're for human rights and all these other injustices and social justice movements, then that means now that you have to be bold and unapologetic about standing up for those things and, and keeping the promises that were made during elections. Cause like, we're not taking the okie dokie anymore. We saw what happens when everybody relaxes and then you know uh, the full blown Nazis come in and then shit gets real. So we're not going to be living our lives based on election to election and promises to promises at this point. And so it's a it's a sink or swim moment for the Democratic Party at this moment. And we're not really um, taking any kind of like, you know, we love the dreamers like we're not we're not taking that at this point. That's not enough. Yeah, because that makes you a passive 
a participant in your own mm -hmm. future. Uh, Yoliswa, uh, Sele is here, a national director of narrative and media at Undocu Black Network. We tweeted out that information. Uh, for people listening, um, you, you talked about the sterilization of women uh, against their will. And this country mm -hmm. can do that in an ICE facility. Why? Why is that? Why is that legal? Before she answers that, can I just say that this is a policy America has had for a long time. We sterilized 40% of the Puerto Rican women in the, in, through the 60s and the 90s. We sterilized 40% of Puerto Rican women. So this is not some new thing. Wow. And, and the reason, I'm just, I'm just, you know, so, so they don't have children while they're in ICE? Like, I don't... They weren't in ICE. These were just women living in Puerto Rico. They'd go to the doctor and they'd say, oh, you have enough children. You don't need to have more. You, they told them it was a temporary thing. And it mm -hmm. wasn't. It was just a lie that was told. It was a policy that America inflicted on Puerto Rico and we've done it other places. So it's not yes. just an ICE thing. This is something yes. we do. It's a white supremacist thing. Even in Israel, um, they did that to Ethiopian women where they mass sterilized Ethiopian women so that they wouldn't give birth inside of Israel and have Israeli citizenship uh, children who now have a say in what's going on. And so this is, this is throughout history from, from, from slavery, throughout uh, Belgium, over there in, 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 in the Congo and Central African Republic, through their apartheid system, it's been an instrument of white supremacy to, to flex that control over black bodies and black reproductive rights, um, black and brown reproductive rights. And those women who were in that ICE detention center, there was a mass um, hunger, there were mass hunger strikes. Uh, they reached out to organizations like Undocu Black and the Cameroonian Council and, and made noise about what's going on. And so we did petitions, we did calls, we did this. And you know what they did? They separated the group and shipped them up to different uh, ICE detention centers uh, across the country and then shipped some of them off and just deported them. And so it's simply just a thriving system within the white supremacist system that's been um, active in this country. And um, as Tonya just said, it's it's a consistency. It's it's nothing new. Um, just one correction is one third, uh, one third, not 40 percent. I just want to, you know, um, this is from a Dartmouth um, and it's in the 50s and, and 60s, 866-801-8255. Uh, is the number uh, we're, we're talking about immigration. All right. So I, I posited that, or, you know, pose that there are people, black people who are veer, you know, they're against black immigrants and they will talk about it very strongly. And they're against all immigrants. I've had people call the show, you know, whether we're talking about South central LA and the, and the Hispanics that live there and they don't like black people. And I'm like, it's not about whether they like you or not. You know, we, we know why people assimilate or they become, you know, the Irish, the greatest examples of people that became very, you know, harsh towards blacks because they were considered blacks, both in England and, and you know, in here when they first got here. So you want to distance yourself from that. What do you say to, to, to the black brothers and sisters who are anti-black immigration from other countries? Honestly, um, I really think it's it's just a, a lack of really true understanding and the historical context. Because I remember when I first got here, um, I went straight from an apartheid system where all I knew were other Black people, and I came into Harlem. I was like, okay, other Black people, only to then realize like, oh no, they're they're treating me differently and they're calling me names, and it was very confusing um, as a child to be othered by people that look just like me. Um, 
after coming from a system that hated me. So it, it becomes this thing and it's this conditioning as well, right? Like it's the conditioning of divide and conquer conditioning because you cannot in one breath say, um, you know, that you are for the liberation of black people and all of this and, and quote people like um, um, Kwame Ture, uh, known as Stokely Carmichael, who is a Trinidadian who would have had DACA because he came here when he was 11. Um, so Shirley, you, Shirley Chisholm, who was also correct. Yeah. There are me- Marcus Garvey. There are historical giants um, that are immigrants, if not children of immigrants. Um, Cicely Tyson, um, all these people. You cannot quote Mandela, um, you know, and then still on one end though, just be like, but also though, like people from South Africa can come here, but Mandela is great. You know what I mean? So it's a divide and conquer mindset where you think like, okay, so they're going to come take my piece of my pie, you know, my slice of pie. The point is that we're not supposed to be fighting over a slice of pie. And that if you're for black people, you're for all black people in every context. Because if I go to a Black Lives Matter uh, protest, you have to care what happens to me if I get dragged by the cops after that. If I get shipped to South Africa with my bank account staying here, I can't take nothing from it. But I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to be able to really dig deeper. And I think the problem is that and we saw a lot of more solidarity um, on our cause from movements like Black Lives Matter and from um, Movement for Black Lives um, and Build Power. They really were able to really see the connections, especially around the defund police, because we 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 promoted the defund police, but also tied into the defund ICE because they're all part of these police systems that oppress black and brown people. And so they were really able to see those those parallels and really stand with us. And we had a lot of dialogue um, on social media and all of that to really push and, and push for that solidarity moment there. And I think it really is just more conversations and more education um, around like what immigration actually looks like. And the fact that like me being here doesn't take from you if we're both getting you know, kicked in the face um, by this, you know, these old white dudes uh, who want to keep all the pie to themselves and keep, you know, shoving crumbs off the table down at the rest of us. 866-801-8255. So what can we do? I want to, I want to continue to dialogue because I, I think, you know, part of the power of this show is for us to know as much as we possibly can. So then we can act with intelligence and knowledge as opposed to just running off half cocked. Um, what needs to happen? What is there legislation? You know, Tanya mentioned, you know, the Supreme Court and yet the state's rights, state's rights. You can do it. You know, so should everyone live in New York where you probably won't experience this? I don't know. What should be the move of people who are listening right now? Is there a petition, which I'm, I'm good with, but I don't know if that's lasting. What do you need us to do? Uh, well, first and foremost, um, what would be great is for folks to read more about our work. So undocublack.org. Um, We're also undocublack on all platforms on social media. Um, and I think for me, it goes beyond politicians. Like politicians and the political system is not really what's going to save us, as we've seen time and time again. Um, like Tonya mentioned earlier, it really ping pongs us. Like we go from one, some one Supreme Court, then a judge can do this. Like it's games. And that's what we have gotten only so far as we have. And so what it really boils down to is more conversation, um, more collectiveness and, and really solidarity and action. Um, you know, we had uh, civil rights um, movement um, organizers who knew that we couldn't go into some of those Capitol Hill buildings and stage a dying because the consequences for us were, were graver. And they went and put our shirts on and went and got arrested on our behalf. 
um, as Black people who, who are from here um, and who work within the civil rights space. And it's those moments where you feel um, that solidarity in action and you understand that we're moving as a collective, um, as Black folks, and that's the power that we can have. Um, and so that's what I would say for now. It's literally following our work, going on our website, learning more, um, seeking out that information about what's happening with these Black folks um, that are here in this country and that are, you know, being caged. Um, 40, 44% this past summer of families in detention uh, were Haitians. Um, and so care about all Black people from wherever they're from, as long as they're Black, that's your kin. And so I think that's the fundamental philosophy that really needs to be um, expanded on. How do you make a living, Ulisa? And I just you want know. to say that I feel like as Black Americans. I'm sorry, go ahead, Tanya. No, 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 no. I, I was just going to say that as Black Americans, we need to be more aware of the policies that America inflicts on the rest of the world that forces people to have to immigrate because yes. we go and extract all their resources and then they can't survive. You know, they're yes. forced off their farms, you know, so they have to immigrate because they, they can't live. Yes. Facts. Uh, how do you make, how do you make a living? What, what is, uh, you know, this seems like that's, this is your life's work, but is it sustaining you? Oh yes. Um, and that's the thing. Uh, what was interesting is that my my life's work is is constantly um, centered around social justice um, work in, in all different kinds of spaces. And so, for me, what's been great is to be able to um, make a good living while doing work that speaks to my soul um, and helps my people. And that's done through through foundations, um, you know, that get a good tax write off, but also really believe in this immigration work. Um, and so I, I'm paid very well. And Undocu Black um, as an organization is really intentional about making sure that um, as a Black organization run also, not intentionally, but currently run primarily by Black women. Um, not primarily, completely by Black women, um, is that everyone is taken care of and everyone can sustain themselves. And this work doesn't have to feel um, like we're making other sacrifices mm. and, and um, having our lives, you know, um, not flourish because we've chosen to fight for our people. And so I'm very proud and, and blessed and glad to say that, like, I make a good living and I'm also part of, you know, shifting history and, and working for my people. I've always thought that that was the way it should be done. So I'm happy to hear that. And I, I, I want to stay in touch with you and uh, keep us informed as things come up to let us know what the cause yes. of the action plan is, because we have to do not talk as much. Thank you. I just want to say thank you. Thank uh, you. Thank you so much. We appreciate right. the platform. Thank Absolutely. you. Uh, thank you. Your Shelley. Yes. Appreciate you. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to the Karen Hunter show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.